We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Property management. Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth, we got the truth. We got the truths. We got the big truths of small business sponsored by SIRN. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, The Big Truths of Small Business. Your host, Joe Watkins, and my sidekick. <laughs> Travis Castle. Quite a few shows since I've been introduced as a side. He, he is my co-host, and and we are back from some believe we died. Some believe we didn't we didn't uh, weren't, weren't around anymore, and the and the show uh, had took a little pause. It did. Uh, we were dealing actually with a lot of big truths in our small business. A lot business, of big truths, and it yeah. required uh, more of us than we uh, we really wanted to give. But we had to, and uh, the big truth of small business was beckoning us to give and deliver a new wow. message. Wow. And it's always a message that comes straight from the heart of what we're, we're in the middle of, yeah. right? Yeah. So today's show is the maniacal, toxic, bully client. Ooh. Hey, don't talk about my client like that. Do you know how to identify these people? Do you know the consequences of these people? Uh, do you know approaches and tactics that may even could modify some of the behaviors in these people? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about you know, the ramifications of the maniacal, bully, toxic customer. So welcome to The Big Truths. We are sponsored by Yes, I Rent Property Management. And... Travis, start out by telling us what, you know, how did these people get in the business to begin with? Why, are, why do we have a maniacal, bully, toxic client to begin with? Before I do that, I can tell you what's interesting. Just when you say that term, maniacal, bully, toxic client, I bet anybody who has owned a small business right now has a picture in their head of who that is. Like, it's actually a person. Yeah, we, we, we don't need uh, a whole lot of description as far as who they are, their characteristics, because you're, you're thinking about them right now, is, is my guess. And if you're locking horns with one of them right now, then uh, this is a, a timely message. But So the question is, how do we get here? Is that, is that what yeah, we're I mean, How do these people make it in the company? Yeah, I mean, probably the number one reason. I would say for me over the years, and I, I would tell you this, this is a bit of a... It's a rookie mistake that gets made with, with new business people, but uh, depending on where your business is, it's a mistake you're susceptible to at any time. So, you know, what do new business people do? They do business with anybody who will hold up a checkbook, right? So there's no filtering process here. The new business is most prone to this type of, cl uh, of client. That'd be my opinion. I mean, I certainly had more of them early than later, right? I don't think you ever... About a thousand with this situation, but 
I think what I'm talking about, there, there's two versions. There's the one that you knew was going to be a problem, but they were willing to pay you right now, and, and basically you needed the money, which most often is the new uh, business or the yep. new person. Certainly you can get into your business and then need the money. So you know going in, this person's probably going to be a problem, but my short-sighted view of the situation, what I would call the poverty mentality, the idea that there's not going to be any more clients anytime soon because of my deficiencies in, in marketing my business or whatever. I've got to work with this person. So let's just let them in. Mm. The, the, all I see is the money right now. I got to have the money. So I think that's the primary way they get through the door. Um, the other way I think they get into your business is they come in through, through the door and, and all's good. They line up like a good client would line up. They sort of fit the profile. They answer the questions the right way. And then they get inside of your business and something happens in their life. And then you end up dealing with their emotions around a personal financial situation, usually. Um, uh, maybe a relationship. Who knows? Maybe a sickness, a diagnosis comes in their life. And then you bear the brunt of it because they're paying you a fee. And they feel like because they're paying you a fee for a service, they can kind of uh, let it go on you, if you will. So I think that's how they get in the door. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier before the show that they're probably somewhat really available. They don't stay with a with a, with a with a business very long. They're always looking for uh, the change because they they never get their needs met. They're they're always in seek of new of a new vendor or whatever. Um, I, I was going to bring another one up here that I just thought about. Maybe why you you keep them around could be based on fear in today's world of, of reviews and online uh you know platforms to to for people to analyze your business we're all in fear of the ugly one star of the long you know two three paragraph review that's with infinite details that it can be very daggering. So we, 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 we tippy-toe around some of these people. Right. So fear, I think, is the reason why we might keep keep these people. It's a real real world fear. I think you've got to have a uh, – I think you get better over the years is the good news at getting rid of the people. Now, we'll talk a little bit about that later on in terms of an exit strategy, but I think that falls into it, which is you need to be – that's real. So you need to do some thinking. Sometimes the most articulate people who are looking to actually harm you at the end of this process when they exit the business, that's exactly what they're going to do. I mean, I think that's well-grounded to be thinking about that once they're in the door. Well, and I think, I think uh, so what we, we want to identify here is we, we discussed how they come in. I mean, uh, the, money, the money piece, I think, is the, the big one here, uh, it, whether it be – I'm short on revenue. I, I, I need just another three thousand dollars a month in order to, you know, cover payroll and comfortably have a, a salary for myself. Uh, I, my lord, I paid five five hundred dollars per Google click. It took me, you know, it took me seven thousand dollars in clicks to get to this customer. It, it I paid a salesperson to close them, and I'm ten thousand dollars in. So that sunk cost around you know, a client is, is, is a dagger when, uh, when you have to let him go. And have we, have we done a show on some, we've done a show on some, well, we, I don't know. We've done a full show on that. I mean, you know, that, that's a full show. That's, that's one of those, write those things down moments. I'm write that down. 
Sunk cost, uh, almost all decisions that, that factor in sunk cost are bad decisions. Yeah, it, it, certainly. Because sunk cost, by their very definition, very name, is it's gone. gone. That cost is gone. Whether you bring them on or not, you have spent it. So what we're going to do is bust up the myth here that we need to continue to deal with these clients or maybe how to deal with these clients and turn them into something profitable. Because the reality that we know through our experience is a bully, toxic, maniacal customer client, in fact, is very costly on the business. Mm. can be devastating. Because they suck your human resources down in such a, in such a manner that the service or the lack of service that can be provided to your actual customers, good customers goes down. And, and now your, your actual real paying customers that were the, where the real profitability uh, lies suffers because so much resource gets sucked. So we want to discuss that here. It's, it's something we've uh, been dealing with, something we do deal with. And we thought that was something to, to, uh, uh, to bring to the show here, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go across a couple other here deficiencies that that make some of this stuff occur. Uh, poor prospect negotiation and customer queuing. So um, we allow a customer to through their bullying tactics. In fact, in the beginning, or maybe they're just great negotiators, but but they've negotiated a a contract with you that never was realistic to begin with. So they're, they're holding you to a place that was unrealistic and you don't have the money built in to ever perform on that. That, that is a, a, a true early sign of a bully customer. Customers who are not interested in your well-being, in your ability to make a profit, in, your, in the respect and dignity of you in a conversation, if that stuff's detected early on, needs to be, needs to be you know, understood that 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 could be someone you're dealing with that could bully you in the future lack of a written transactional policy or guideline obviously if you're a little bit bigger size small business and you've got other people's on the on the front line how they respond you know oftentimes we get very upset when we're on cue calls and we're talking to people these big companies and and the people that we're talking to can't make the decision well the reason they can't make the decision is because there's some decision that that's actually a real buffer to the decision maker. Uh, and, and that actually is a, is, is a, is a, a policy way to deal with, with bully customers. In fact, uh, I'm not espousing we do this. I'm just telling you that it's, it's, it's part of, of, of how big business gets bigger because they actually realize that real decision makers can't be on the phone on every phone call. Uh, Weak or inexperienced frontline employees incapable of maintaining transactional boundaries. Wow. Now that's, that maybe deserves a little bit more discussion, Travis. Well, well let me say this. Let me go back to the, the negotiation part, uh, the upfront. Hey, where I'm, I'm entering negotiations, this person, I wasn't targeting you with that. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not answering that as if you are, Joe, do you have any, any feelings you want to express around me and that? Hey, look, those that are on the pool, what was that great quote I gave the other day? Travis is our business development manager. uh, Hang on. Those that are on the playing field, what what is it? The play, those in the stands, well, they eat popcorn or something. But anyway, I I think that part of the negotiation weakness has a lot to do with how you see yourself. In fact, this bullying thing 
really has a lot to do with how you see yourself. And uh, not only in letting them through the door, which we're kind of talking about, you know, there's, there's, there's some reasons why you made that decision. You felt like money was more important than anything else. You, you probably miscalculated the actual real cost of having the bully in the door, right? You, you lied to yourself a little bit. But the ongoing part here about the, the bully as, as we, we get into this thing is what's interesting because you just said big business kind of expects the bully to get in the door. I do. Right? Because they don't have necessarily necessarily frontline employees who have a real, you know, if I'm working at a big business, you're probably not calling me at midnight on Saturday night. No, if can't, they can't get to you. You can't get to me. Can't get like a decision said, maker. There, there's some, well, they can't even. S- get, s- sorry, sorry, sir. We, we can't help you here. You can call the customer service number in another country, right? I mean, that might be the only person they can get to. Uh, who will then inform they can't. So I, I kind of think that's interesting. That's another lesson. And we bring this into the show a lot that small business can kind of take from big business, which is, you know, if, if right now, and I know, uh, look, I can identify because it's just easier to do it this way, but a lot of small business owners, how many of your clients have your cell phone number? Like mm. at, at some point early on, you felt like you were giving them something to give you the cell. Are you going to text them instead of call them out of convenience? You may have even use it as a, as a, as a sales tactic. Hey, you, you have direct access to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Say anything. Just get them to sign, right? Get them to the door. I got to have the money or I'm out of business. I got to take a, I got to take a real job. All right. So I think that's a, a, a piece I don't want to skip, which is policies and we'll get to solutions later, but I don't want to forget this one. Create, expect the bully and create a process, an upfront process that doesn't give them easy access to you, and 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 may oftentimes filter them out. Absolutely, because they're frust- they get frustrated because they don't they don't actually get what they want. They get frustrated because they hear they're not going to get your cell right. phone number. That's right. Well, the, the only the only the only way that a bully can bully is to have an ear that listens and receives. Right. And, we, and we've read all kinds of, uh, in the research of the show, we've read all kinds of articles uh, that discuss this. And, 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 and one of the, the articles, the, the gentleman, the gentleman's response to a bully, he had some really great ones. Let's locate these. These are, these are really great responses. Here, here's what he says. He says, let, let, them, let them do their diatribe. And then, and then here's the things you can say possibly at the end of it. Can you say that again? Do, do you really believe what you said? Huh? Well, what was that all about? Now, here's my favorite. <laughs> here's my favorite one. Excuse me, I apologize, but my mind was wandering over the past few minutes. Can Can you please repeat what you just I said? Don't understand that one. <laughs> I, I, I know that's I know that's your favorite because that's the most likely. <laughs> To to invoke them hanging up and and, and, and going crazy, well, but I don't. How, how does that fit? Well, how does well, that one what fit? It, here's where it fits. What you basically just communicated is you're not that important. You're damn right. You just <laughs> you just communicated that when you give the bully the platform where you listen and receive everything they say, they've got you. That's that's one of their tactics. That just removed the platform. Yeah, yeah. They they, they want an audience. They want an audience, and you yeah. just said, uh, "Excuse me, uh, sorry, I was thinking about something else." <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you, you also sort of took control mm. back. You're requiring them to repeat it. I kind of kind of like it. That. It is, and I, you know, 
I would not say I'm the the best here at, at, at dealing with bullies, but I will say that when the bully gets to to ultimate toxicity, I think I'm pretty good at it. And and I do some. I don't even say it nearly as nice as that just was said. It's 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 excuse me. I'm not listening to anybody that disrespects me in a conversation because I mean they, they can get excuse me. That's right. Keep talking, and I will hang up on them. That's right. If they get there, right? Well, there's if, they, a, if they're not going to respect us. Well, there, there's a false narrative here that you can say anything to me. And now right. I, I right. may have propped that up at some point and, and, and f- allowed you to believe that because maybe, again, my miscalculation was you would eventually stop. Right. But that's my misunderstanding of the maniacal bully, that they don't stop. Absolutely. And one of, one of the things we, that we can do early on, although we may have frontline people who can't actually deal with the bully, we can train our frontline people to recognize a bully. And when that is recognized, next level gets 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 told about it. And somebody who can deal with it, it's got to step in early. The longer this goes, the worse this gets. And here's the reality. You actually might can make money on, on, on a customer if you get them in line quickly. If you let them, you know, grab all the reins and 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 sort of bully you for, for some period of time, you're in bad shape. And let's remind folks here what makes for a great client. I think that helps to be in contrast to what a bully actually is. A positive mental attitude uh, works as a partner with you. So they're actually, that, that to me says a win-win here. Uh, clear communication. They're not, they're not, you know, sort of talking in circles or mincing their words or, or purposefully getting you off kilter. No, it's super clear and concise. Uh, respects your time. Wow, that's a big one. That's not calling you at 9 p.m. and texting you at 11 p.m. and and 6 a.m. and and whatever it's on your mind. They respect your time. Uh, plans well in advance. Pays on time. If they're not paying you well, we got problems. Uh, recommends introduces you to others and leaves reviews. Good positive reviews. So th- those are things that that make a great client. In contrast to that, you could flip it and say, well, they don't respect your time. A bully doesn't respect your time. A bully intentionally makes their their communication not clear for the purposes of using it against you later. They 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 are not interested in your well being and a win win partnership relationship. They are only interested in their well being. They think that you are, exist on on this planet to serve them. Well. Un- Unfortunately, so that's one of the techniques I use in conversation. When, when a bully bullies me uh, in business, I, I, I quickly bring up to their attention that you realize that this is a business and we're here to make a profit. That a, we all agree that, yeah, yeah, okay. Understand that we're not doing business together if I don't make a profit. You know, these are the kind of things that I walk people through. Uh, understand that you're in California and we're doing a business our business is operating in Georgia for your, and we have a, a team of you know 10 people working on your behalf here that, that if you were to garner a likability factor in them, then you've got a team that's going to work better on your behalf. In fact, you've done the opposite. So these are like realistic things. It's hard to argue with. And it's true. Well, it's the difference. That conversation though, is the difference between the difficult customer who who maybe does have misplaced expectations. Maybe they bought into something that quite know what they were buying into versus the maniacal customer. See, the maniacal customer is always going to end bad. And, and, and well, the, that's true. The idea behind them is how do we 
quicken the process, get them out the door quicker, because there's real money attached to that and stress and everything else, you know, possible turnover, you know, with your employees. Uh, too. Absolutely. So there's nothing but disaster with what we're talking about today. Now, the difficult customer can be weeded out. In fact, that's how you kind of know when you when you show the difficult customer, hey, look, here's where you're out of line. Here's where you're calling us late at night. Here's where you're demanding things that we didn't contract to do. And by the way, when you call, I, I, I told somebody this one time years ago, when, when you call our office and we see your name on the caller ID, I'm not sure if you know this, but we all run away from the phone because right. nobody wants to talk to you. So when the right person hears that and goes, wow, I can't believe that's who you think I am, they start trying to change your mind and they start trying to change their behavior. So that's kind of the anatomy of, oh, they were difficult. By the way, the difficult customer can become your great customer through that conversation. You're right. You're right. So, but I do think that the, the, the same process by which you take a difficult customer and make them a profitable customer, if you follow the same process, the maniacal, uh, toxic, uh, bully customer actually won't concede, right? And that actually gets the identification of who they really are That's how you know. much more quickly. That's how you know. And, and so the question is, I guess, uh, is what do you do about it? And, and how do you protect yourself in the process? And you know, what, 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 you know, what, what, uh, what, what do you even do until you evaluate the true cost of, of this, this, this customer here? Um, I mean, th these are things that have been on our mind. Well, I, th I think about, I think about, uh, you know, our people and, and as we're having this conversation, small business owners, I mean, I think that's where the real, you know, at the end of the day, most of us, depending on what type of business you're in, can just tell that customer, you know, if you're running a, uh, an automotive repair shop and they keep bringing the car back, telling you it's making a noise and you keep driving it and there's no noise. And you finally just tell them, look, you've brought it in three times. We've done three diagnostics. I gave you two of them for free. We, we have nothing. And they're ranting and raving and going crazy. At the end of the day, you need to leave. You need to leave. And possibly at the end of the day, don't come back. Don't bring that back anymore. If you're in contract, maybe there's some more teeth behind getting them to exit. But I think once identified, you got to own the mistake and you got to get them out the door as soon as possible. The methodology in doing that changes, I think, a little bit of what type of business you got. But the thing you're risking to me the most are your people because your people will drown because they don't have the power necessarily to fire that customer. Well, not only do they not have the power, they just don't have the the skill sets to deal with them. I don't know. They're just not in a position to deal with them. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to mention this uh, as signs that, that, that you've got a toxic client. Um, we've all heard this. W when you hear criticism of previous vendors or suppliers or, 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 you know, providers of some kind, and that's kind of the leading conversation, you, you, need, to, you need to have some pause around that right there. Um, because I, I don't know. If, I, if I, I'm trying to, 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 to look for the best new business to partner with. Let's just use that because that's a great way to think about how you should do business. I don't think I'm coming in with the toxicity from a previous relationship. Let's do, hey, let's, let's play that out in I'm dating. And in order to get this date right and the new, the new person I'm dating, let me bring day one, week one to the relationship, all the toxicity that I want to avoid in this relationship. That's not going to work very well.
So let's 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 pay attention to that. Uh, we talked about poor communication. We talked about time constraints, calling all times of the night. This is another one I think. Let's don't miss this one. Is everything urgent to one of your customers or clients? Is everything uh, an emergency? Um, you know, we're in property management. If we have a tenant, and we do, and we've had this over over the years, we have a tenant that uh, maybe we just re-rented the house to them, and, and we we manage the house for years, and they move in, and the first thirty days, I mean, they've got. 21 issues that they brought brought to the table here may and they're all urgent by the way it's not just you know there's not water like seeping through the ceilings getting all over the floor because there's a roof leak now this is a uh, you know a bug got in my house my god do we have a do we have a, a home with gaps it's infested somebody over here immediately the infestations the place wasn't clean right when i moved in you know We've all we've dealt with this in our business. If everything is urgent, and you and you process it in your real world and, and go, "Whoa, geez," well, that "whoa, geez" may be a sign here. Do, do they do they come from a negative positioning and posturing in every conversation? Is it is it passive aggressive? Is every question asked with an answer that will always make them win? I think I need to look at well, this. Well, if, 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 if you never do anything right here, like even some of the most mediocre or, or bad businesses that probably trip over doing something right or good for a customer. So if that's always minimized, you know, if the good thing you did for me is minimized and the little bitty, you know, meaningless thing is maximized, that's probably the road you're going down. Now, as you're describing this customer, though, here's one thing that comes to my mind. Narcissist. So oh, yeah. if I am not thinking twice about calling you Friday night at 11 o'clock and talking to you about a non-emergency type thing, if I'm, if, if I'm calling you multiple times during the week and I'm paying you, especially a small fee right now, now there are some relationships out there where money's exchanging hands at such a high level that you're, you're, you've granted me 24-7 access. And that's just the nature of the beast. You've accepted that job. But for the most part, you know, the, the smaller type deals – that's just all about me. In fact, that actually means that I don't really think you're a real person. Like <laughs> I'm not really dealing with you as if you're a human like me because nobody wants to be treated that way. But if I'm willing to treat you that way, then you must be nobody. Right. And I must be everything. Yeah. It's that, that maybe that idea of, of, of projection or reverse projection. Um, yeah, it, 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 as with all the big truths of small business, these are all applicable to any relationship in, in sure. life and your, your home life. It's what, it's what we love about the show is this stuff is not just for small business, but I think what we tend to forget oftentimes is, is this stuff is very prevalent in the small business. And as business owners who have team members working on our behalf, it can, it can easily be slipped here that they are actually dealing with these bullies sure. and we may not even know it. And this is kind of, you know, in our world, something that's, you know, coming, come to my attention uh, and didn't realize the extent of it because I'm not actually dealing with them every day. I, I personally would have recognized this early on, but remember our people, 
they don't have the same, like you said, they don't have the same uh, ability to, to make a hard decision or say something that needed to be said to nip it early. Right, right. Because if you're not exposed, well, well, what they understand is if you're not exposed to the 360 of the situation, it may sound like they're not doing their job. They don't want to sound like they're not doing their That's job. That's exactly right. It, it can come across as a complaint, uh, complaining. And, and in fact, we heard some of that from our team. And, and honestly, my my maybe in my negative first thinking was, wow, you know, new customer, lots of complaints, go figure. You know, they haven't done a lot of work. It's called work, guys. That was my first thought. Um, but I think my first thought may should have been, well, they're not really complaining about anybody else. So what's what's actually going on here? I mean, let's dig in. So, so yeah, uh, I just think it's uh, hugely important, as you said, for the people to not – they're not – it's just – Toxic clients create toxic work environments. It just really does. So we got we got to we yeah we need to move them on. So I got one other thing to say uh, that I, we talked about the idea that maybe fear from maybe Google reviews and other things prevents you from from getting rid of something. Let me tell you another thing that can really harm harm you, depending on what business you're in, of getting out of business with a toxic client, and that is. The contract that you have with them, you don't have proper legal review of. They could actually have you on some things, because some contracts are are, are, are two way in that you both agree the relationship's going to exist for a certain period of time. Right. And and so our advice and the research we've done is is to have make sure there's especially when you have anything of, of sizable. Uh, dollars involved and risk that there's some legal counsel or some review of a contract you're about to enter into that actually may legally bind you to stay involved with a toxic customer that very well may tank your business. So that was something I want to mention. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the, the foundation. Again, that's the thing you skip when you're getting into business though. You try, you're trying to get that, that money to the bank as quickly as possible, and you're trying to remove any hindrance uh, to that happening. And in doing so, maybe you're having people sign documents that actually could, you know, put you out of business, right? Because legal counsel costs money. It right? does. I mean, the, the, these things cost time and money. You know, sitting back and making a plan on a on how to identify these customers and get them out of your business as quickly as possible. Well, that there's probably money spent doing that. Yeah, I was gonna say we 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 did want to mention there's a flip side to the money conversation because we mentioned that we get into it for the money, we get into it for the sunk cost, we get into it for the the uh, we need that extra sale or we're, we're hurting. Um, we hadn't talked a whole lot about the the, the actual cost that exists here, and, and, it, and it, it deepens as the relationship deepens. You mentioned uh, people. Um, what is a what is a loss of a valuable, trained, experienced employee cost you? Like really cost you? If you're in the pool business and you're and you're you're installing pools, and you've got a customer who's super exotic, they're putting in a 
a $400,000 pool. And you couldn't, you just couldn't turn it down because it's 400,000 and you're going to make 20%. You're going to make $80,000 on the pool. And you got to have your number one concrete guy, your number one, you know, grader, your, you, you got to have your, your best folks out there. And, and this custom, and this client just belittles, just intoxicates. And by, it's a huge project, so it's going to last for a long time. It intoxicates. And, and, and what you've done by allowing the toxicity to, to exist and continue and not nipping it is you've exposed all your relationships to that. And what you've, you've, you've also done is you've, you've, you've somewhat validated that you're just going to have to deal with this. And, and, and this is just part of, how, of what doing business is, right? Well, what, what, and you have the potential of losing some some folks that you can't even replace. What you've definitely done, we talked about this before the show too, and and this is where the mirror gets held up at, at you. Because again, I, th- I think overwhelmingly it's us. It's it's not the maniacal code. We got no control over these people. We're not we're not really changing the maniacal customer. Mm. Right? We've already said we're getting them out of the business, but they got into the business, and then we dealt with them on some some level. But here's what I think. Because as we talk about this, I think of different times in my, you know, 20 plus year now uh, career as a small business owner, I guess that you will, in a few different types of businesses. You're susceptible to this when you're actually not the expert. This, this is a problem. Now, now the expert certainly deals with maniacal customers and certainly has, can't control sometimes who just walks through the door. But this only becomes a problem in the way we're discussing when this person has infiltrated your business and now they have their tentacles in your business and, and they're, they're putting the stress and it's this day-to-day thing. And I struggle to think of too many experts that I know who would be caught in this position. So if I'm the pool guy, right? Take take your scenario. You're right. I mean, all my contractors have to be hitting. They got to be busy. I got to do so many things, frankly, to 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 keep a high level pool business functioning at scale, um, because these guys can go. These contractors can just go do this work for anybody, right? Yeah, especially a really skilled, experienced. Guy. I, I've got to create a reason for them, to, frankly carve the time out and do it for me. So I'm either overpaying them if I have deficiencies. So they're doing it purely for the money, right? Or I'm, I'm facilitating such a smooth transaction, which is kind of eliminating these types of customers from their world. So, so that's actually my value. Now, again, how do I do that? I, I, my doctor doesn't deal with too many maniacal bullies in his, his practice. Uh, a good attorney friend of yours is not tolerating maniacal bullies. Why would he? They are the foremost experts in their area. Get out the like easy decision for them. In fact, if you go online and you say something negative about some of these experts, you look foolish because there's not a pattern of people online saying anything other than these people are leading experts in their field. And then there's your review that's completely different. So, you know, even in terms of what we're discussing, I think all of this falls back on kind of a call to action. If you've got a bunch of these people in your business, then your business is probably not doing well, frankly, by the nature of them being there. But it's probably not doing well because you're not an expert at what you do. They never would have made it this far. What, what if you've already dug the hole in the ground and laid the pipe? What do you mean? 
you've already committed real resource to dig it, to doing that pool. You've got the maniacal customer and you've already, you've already busted up their, their $300,000 landscape backyard to put this pool in. Then I've already got their money. If I'm the expert, nobody gets all that money up front. And and this ain't about just the money. This is about your, you want to retain that your, your, your vendors through this process. So, I mean, I, I think this is, this is very realistic in a lot of, uh, but, but business it, environments. And so what I would say is there's, there's two, there's two strategies here. There's, there's one, we need to identify how maybe not to bring these guys on in, in, in the future. But a lot of us are in the midst of, of a transaction that we have a contractual obligation to, and we got to know how to deal with them when they are in our midst. Okay. And, 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 and you, you got to, you, you, they will bully you. To a place that can put everything at risk. Oh, for for sure. So but how do no, you how, so how, how do you how do you push back? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 for sure. I, I'm I'm just saying that the thought comes to mind that first, if I'm finding this in any way at volume, it's because they smelled the weakness in me because I'm not operating at a high level. That that's all that's all I'm saying. But no, once once they're in there, and and they got their tentacles on you again, my my goal for this is how quickly can I get them out of the building. And that is dictated by where I'm at in the transaction. Yes, you might you, now a, a you pool, might be building a house for them. Now, 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 a pool or a house, frankly, is a tra- transactional relationship. Like there should be an end date to that. So, so there might need to be a strategy around that end date, right? To the the transactional well, I mean, it, relationship. It is actual. I mean, what we need to discuss is what are the techniques to deal with the bully. We've talked about how to maybe identify, maybe how to identify early. Maybe why you took them on. So the, the long-term goal would be, gosh, just don't do business with these kind of people. But I did take the building contract. We have broken ground. We are at slab or framing stage. This person is going to be a part of my life. We're building a million-dollar house. This part is going to be a part of my life for the next you know, eight or 12 months, potentially. And it could tank my own relationship at home. So... There's some techniques and strategies around actually dealing with these people because now they're in your life. Well, if they're maniacal and I've entered into that that type of relationship, that con- back to probably the contract that I've entered into, I don't ever need to enter into, as the expert, I don't ever but, need but to I'm enter there. into. I'm there now. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't ever need to enter into a contract where that's the case. You might not have known this, but if, by if, the way. if I find myself in that contract, my goal is still the same. I'm exiting as soon as possible. Now, if, if you're saying there's no exit and you're going to build that house, well, that's the as soon as possible. I mean, that's that's the idea is I'm dealing with... Well, in order, in order to protect my vendor base, there's real strategies of, of, of actually how to deal with her in the process not to lose my people. And uh, that, they would need to even di- see that demonstrated in real practice, even in front of them. Because because what, they're, what that maniacal bullet is going to do is going to go to every one of your vendors when you're not on site... And they're going to bully them too. That's what I'm saying. And so, so there there has to be a real strategy around how to get to the finish line with this customer. And, well, and, and well, you're you're not hearing me. What what I'm saying is, if that's the case, if you're telling me my whole business, I'm not saying a whole business. Uh, well, it could be though, because if I've got a few key vendors and I'm building a handful of million dollar homes a year, because I'm not building a thousand of them. So I'm, I'm relying on a handful of deals a year. And you're saying this person can actually interrupt that. Then I'll take the legal threat of just walking away from that. I abs- I'll take the hit from what I've spent to save the other million bucks that I got over here. Right. Or the other 10 years of relationships that I need. Well, I mean, a lot of times the buildings, because based this on- is not a difficult customer. This is, this is a customer that's looking 
to get leverage over you and to position a way to hurt you unless you do what they want. And I'm saying I don't think there is a way. I don't think there is a strategy of an ongoing relationship like that. you got to get out of that. Yeah. Well. So uh, now, is getting it, out of it is a strategy. Well, let's, I mean, is it? What's the strategy? Well, I, I, I've, laid, I've outlaid $75,000 worth of work in their house that I hadn't gotten a draw for. That's another call to the attorney. I'll give you my expert attorney's phone number. <laughs> how how, need, how need, important need, is I need, that? I need a draw. How important is good? And they won't give me a draw because the maniacal case. nature of the, the work that I didn't perform well is laying before us. Mm, the subjectivity. That, that's what all that, that's where the maniacal customer Con- lies. Contract. That's that's where they lie. So we're we're in real estate and uh one of the conversations uh that I have often with our real estate agents and uh and anybody that's associated with a real estate transaction well we have a we have a real estate contract that that happens here and i think we oftentimes undervalue the complexity of a contract okay we 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 sort of rubber stamp a lot of pre-written language uh we rubber stamp signatures where signatures go without reading anything. If we do write something that's specific to that particular deal, we write a one-liner that says, you know, all carpet will be replaced, you know, before closing. Something as, as stupid as that. Yes, I'm talking to all the agents out there. That's a stupid special stipulation used all the time. Mm. Go to yesireality.com, go to the blog section, go to special stipulations. You learn how to actually write a special oh, stipulation. Who, who wrote that blog? Who, yeah, who, I who did. did we buy that blog? I did because I'm a legal mind. Oh, wow. You and, did. you know, you want to say that we're going to replace. I'm just going to give you an example. You know what? I'm going to give you the exact example. I'm, I'm going to go to yesireality.com. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Backslash blog? Yeah, because it it's just a, it's just a, a great example of what you're not thinking about when you write the contract. And uh, I think this will be a great example to anybody who's, who's getting involved in a contract. Best practices for writing a special stipulation. This is one of my better blogs. So here's the caution here. And I think, again, I'm, I'm going to use the real estate transaction of a, of a, of a real estate agent writing legal language as an example of, of what we're talking about here because this stuff really can bite you. Um, a poorly written st- stipula- stipulation would sound something like this. Seller to replace all carpet in home with new tan carpet similar to existing carpet. Would that not be exactly what you see on, on every contract? Sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. That's a very poor example. Paint the house. Leaves a lot of questions unanswered. Okay. Uh, what do I want my special stipulation to address? The who, the what, the when, the where, the why, the how, whose cost, and what are the consequences if it's not fulfilled? So let me, write, let me, let me, let me give you an example of a special stipulation I would write. By the way, maybe you should hire me for your next real estate deal. Wow. How can we reach you? What's your cell number? Here's a good example. 
Seller agrees to replace, at seller's full expense, all the carpet and pad in the entire home with new carpet three days prior to the closing date set forth herein. The carpet make and model shall be Mohawk Hallmark Beige number 1234, 16-ounce weight with a new 8-pound pad. Carpet shall be installed by Quick Carpets, Inc. at phone number 555-555-555 out of Dalton, Georgia, or another licensed carpet installation professional approved by buyer in writing. If seller fails to comply, $5,000 shall automatically be deducted from seller's net proceeds at closing and held in escrow with attorney made payable to Quick Carpets, Inc. Those funds shall be dispersed upon buyer's, buyer's written approval to attorney post-closing. Do you see the difference in that special step and... I'm sorry, Joe. Seller to replace all carpet home with 10 new carpets similar to existing carpet. Sorry, my my mind began to wonder, could you repeat that (laughs) one more time? I'm a little bit maniacal about this. (laughs) (laughs) Point being, guys, there was a who, what, where, when, how, at whose cost, and what are the consequences when it doesn't occur? It's too vague. So, So being vague definitely sets this stage for the bully the the, the bully is always looking for the gray you dang right that's where they make their living they'll bend the 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 gray right towards them you know we we sat on a call yesterday with a group of people on a deal and it it it, when, when we hung up from that i thought why why haven't i done more of that kind of a collaborative type thing over the years, because you know what, what just happened on that call was it's indisputable, you know, seven or eight people just, just heard that. Like it's on the public record. In fact, in real time, plans started being made around exactly what was said. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, it was seven different skill sets on the call <laughs> that was you had legal part. counsel that's the skill you had part. cpa Ugh. you had financial cfo you had coo unfair you know what i mean yeah, you, you've got stack. regional vice presidents of operations i mean you have the the the, the expert in their fields who, whose jobs by the way in this particular situation is to remove all of the vague Oh, that has taken place through a bit of a sales process, which has been somewhat vague. It's, it's sort of interpretive still at this point. So it's they're moving it from the interpretive phase of what you think you're doing to exactly what's happening. And, and that process, by the way, will eliminate any ability to come back weeks later and go, whoa, wait a minute. No, no, no. Here's what happened. That's not what happened. Everybody heard what happened. So I like that. I thought that was a good possible strategy for future uh, reduction reductions of the bully. Yeah, yeah. It, it the more ears, the more the more folks that can raise their hand and say, "No, it's not what I heard." That, you know, it's it's funny. There's something about the public record. So when I've been to court over the years to evict somebody, and the tenant has been just screaming and yelling, and I'm going to counter sue you, and. Aah! And we get in that courtroom and it gets real quiet. And especially if you've never haven't been in a courtroom recently, I mean, I still get very nervous in, in the court. Uh, it's just, you just, it's a nervous place because you're about to swear to tell the truth. I mean, how many environments do you swear to tell the truth, right? So as soon as they start telling their story, boy, does that story get, isn't it obvious that it's not the truth in the courtroom? 
Now, I'm not pretending that's that way all the time, but there's something about standing up, everybody being quiet and saying, Joe, tell me what happened. And then you, you saying it on the public record versus the bully wants to act in private in the corner of the playground. When their communication is not clear and, and keep in mind, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not having this conversation with a professional communicator, which attorneys are in the courtroom. Professional communicators that go, whoa, okay, you said this for the record. I don't think any of us understood what you just said. Are you saying right. this? And then they repeat whoa! it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, oh, then the, what are we saying? You know, and so th that's actually a, a, a great idea to think about is 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 uh, the tactics of a great attorney in the courtroom. They're all about clarity. They're not going to move forward until it's crystal clear and on the public record. You know, is this your stance? Is this what you're saying? Is this exactly what happened? Well, if that happened, then what about this? And they're going to require the answers. Whereas, again, what most of us who aren't walking around bullying other people or trying to get our way in every, who understand we're business people, there has to be some concessions somewhere. We're not always looking for that. Whereas the party we're talking about here, it's important to understand their psyche. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the hole. They're looking for the loophole. They're looking for the out. Yeah, one of my communication styles with bullies over the years when they they go off on you and, and essentially calling you a liar, if not saying the oh, that's, word liar, that's definitely going to be. Sad. I will. I will stop and call. I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. did are, did are you calling me a liar? Is that what you're? Let's put this on record. Is this what you're saying? Well, what what? Because the conversation's over. Because there, there's some foundation here in a conversation where there is no conversation. If there's absolutely no understanding of, of, of base, you know, baseline foundations of where a conversation has to begin with, and, 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 and you calling me a liar means there is no conversation, right? And I'm not, so, that, so those are the kind of tactics and strategies. Maybe it's another podcast, but tactics, tactics and strategies by which you, you've got you you to begin to change the communication. Um, and, 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 and like you, to, to your point, the fanatical, maniacal uh, bully oftentimes is a liar also. And my best response to, to those folks is a non-response. Um, I, I give no response to anything coming at me that doesn't deserve a response. That's right. And that actually diminishes the credibility of what they're saying. That's right. And uh, that, that tactic can work. It can work pretty well. well. It raises the value of you in the conversation. That's right. It, it, the, yeah. the premise here is I'm valuable and you're not. That's right. And that, that changes the. the That's what they're trying to pull off. That's what they're trying right. to pull off. That's right. And so, so establishing your credibility by not addressing ridiculousness. That's right. Uh, is actually very effective. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I told you about a story as we talked about the show earlier today. I told you about a story earlier on. Uh, this has been a, a year or so ago where I probably got outside of, of any version of who I'd want to be in any conversation with any human being on earth. I got outside of all those parameters with this one client. He had bullied. He was a, what we call him, a maniacal toxic bully client. He was. We, he had two properties with us. He treated the team so poorly. 
I'm, I'm, I was ashamed of my, myself that, that I actually allowed him to be a customer. Now he had a wife that, that wasn't that. So that was sort of the reprieve. It was like, Oh my God, okay, we can deal with her. But he, he was so bad. And, 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 it, and the team finally, it took him a while. Interestingly enough, and this is, I think this is something to highlight. The team didn't quickly say, you got to get involved. They took this, this crap for a year or more. And, I had one conversation with him and, I, and I'm going, how in the world did they take this for a year? How many other conversations are existing like this? Because shame on me that my people are abused like this. This is, I mean, that's what I was thinking. But the interesting thing about this particular conversation, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to end, we're getting close to a close here. And I'm just going to say this because I think it, it, it just, it happened to be effective here. He went off on me in a way I've never been spoken to in my life. I've never, ever been treated this way. And I wasn't actually prepared. All the things would tell you when dealing with a bully, maybe, you know, have composure. Um, disengage when, 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 uh, when, uh, when things get crazy. Maybe that, maybe that is hanging up. Uh, that's not what happened in this conversation. I went on a full-fledged attack. I knew at that point he was not going to be a customer anymore. So that this wasn't about saving customers. This was about revealing in him what he actually is. Mm. And I told him exactly who he was and exactly how the team perceived him and exactly how poorly uh, – this situation has 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 come to because of his behavior and probably why your marriage is no good i, mean, I went there i did because i had already had many conversations with his wife and I, and i did and i said i don't even i said it at an intensity level that he actually couldn't speak because 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 honestly the only way for me to get a word in was to actually mirror his approach at that moment because I couldn't slip a word in. He was hollering at top level. So I decided to go above it, go hard, and don't stop. And this sucker stopped. Thanked me for the call. Called me sir after the call. Wow. Re really, really wasn't a problem beyond the call. In fact, I told him on the call, we would, we would unequivocally not ever have a conversation with him again. The only way we do business going further is with his wife. And uh, it was, it was just, uh, you know, extreme here, but the maniacal toxic customer actually met his match mm. in that call. By the way, that was the first time I'd ever spoken with him. Mm. So it was like bringing in the, the, the Calvary. It, it, it was, but ultimately your resolution was it was also the last time you were ever going to speak to them. No, there's no question. So so, so in a way... It, I removed the maniacal that customer. Is, that is the right. strategy. Get rid of him. <laughs> Get him out. Yeah, we, we were there. Get him out. Business was not going to move forward with him. That's right. So, yeah, is that is that is that the end of the show? Is that the underscore the here? Game. Get Get out. them out of your business. Come on. They're... they're, they're Tanking your people. Come on. They're tanking your profits.
They're tanking your self, credibility. Your self-respect. Tanking your self-respect. Come on. It's tanking your dignity. All for what? Some dollars? Some negative dollars. Absolutely negative dollars. They're not positive dollars. If you Now, if you have a short-term business strategy, maybe that can work. If you want to stay in business, they're hurting you in every way. That's right. And that's, that's, that's the that's wrap the big up truth here. right there. Yeah, you have one final thought. No, I just think that's the big truth. You landed finally. Thank you for landing on the Took big truth. 56 and a half minutes Got to say, though. fire their ass. <laughs> Get them out. That's the big truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. Please subscribe. Give us a subscription to The Big Truth. Give us five-star reviews. Let us know how we're doing. It's been a while since we had a show. Glad to be back. We will see you soon. Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent property management. Replace good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. What? Truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truth. Small business sponsored by SIREN.